Good morning, everybody. Hey, welcome to uh, Wednesday. It is June 8th. Hope you're having a great day as we get ready to see what happened yesterday in the markets and what might be happening today as we get started. Before we do that, though, let's just remember that there's a lot of things in this world that we cannot control. However, you can control your retirement portfolio because you can adjust the amount of risk that's in there. Give us a call at 863 382 just schedule your core retirement design phone consultation. We make sure you're on the right track for the retirement you always dreamed of. With that, we've got Dave coming up next. Sports 7 Light FM, train be there. It's a whole school sister. It's 841 now, 19 now before 9. Time to check in on your money and see what's happening on Wall Street. We had another good day on Wall Street yesterday. Philip Statler and I were kind of talking before we went on the air, maybe the day before, his green ink wasn't enough green ink for them to count it as a positive day. Yesterday, they they pretty much can't argue with it. We were up pretty big. Let's check in with Philip now and see what's going on from Statler Financial Services. Philip Statler is on the line. Good morning, sir. How are you? Hey, good morning, Dave. I don't know how they calculated, but to me, green's green, and that's two green days in a row. We haven't seen that in a while. So, so to me, that was good news. And the question today is, can we follow through and make it three days in a row? Would that be nice? It sure would be. And, you know, given the uh, indicators yesterday morning, we weren't expecting a green day yesterday, but we were up 264 points on the Dow, up 39 on the S&P, and up 114 on the NASDAQ. That was darn near a full percent on the S&P and the NASDAQ, so I'm definitely calling that a good day. I was always poked fun at the notion that every green day gets followed by a red one, and uh, I was kind of thinking maybe uh, the day before yesterday, investors were saying, that looked too flat. We still need to have a green day, so we went ahead and did it, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. So it is nice to see some decent numbers get posted. And uh, and like I said, it will be really sweet if we can follow through with a third day of, of green ink. I got to give you a little forewarning. It's not looking that way right now, but it didn't look that way yesterday either. And well, that we was kind of what was from... going through my mind. Yesterday, we were kind of infected with stinking thinking, and we ended up turning it around to a pretty good day, so one never really knows, do they? Oh, no. That's the one thing you, you can definitely count on, is you never know what the markets are going to do. They can start one way and end the other. Absolutely. We start out the day, the 7 a.m. release, because uh, they start out early in the private sector. Uh, just one more indication that at the very least, the housing market nationally is tapping the brakes a little bit. Mortgage applications out of the Mortgage Bankers Association. Last week was the lowest number of new mortgage applications filed in 22 years down six and a half percent. I keep saying on behalf of one of our real estate advertisers here, it hasn't shown up locally. I mean, two homes in my neighborhood sold inside of 24 hours, and one of them I know went for over the asking price, so we haven't cooled off here yet. But nationally, it does look like the uh, market is cooling off a little bit, doesn't it? It does, Dave. And so we can dig down to those numbers a little bit. And the report I have here is that uh, applications for new homes fell 7% last week. And that was 21% lower than the same week a year ago. And then oh. get this number. The refinance demand dropped 6% for the week. And it was down 75% from where it was a year ago. Same time period. 
Well, you know, the refinance, I guess I, I really can't be surprised by. We've had so much warning in the process. Anybody that de- didn't refinance by now is just going to live at the rates they've got for the moment because we've had so many years in the uh, in the 3 3.5% range, and I've bragged about having a refinanced mine at 2.9-something. Uh, the refinance market, I think, is probably going to go on hold for a little while, wouldn't you expect? I, I would think so. I mean, I can't imagine anybody uh, with, a, with a rate over – you know, five, five and a half percent that hasn't already refinanced, which so that makes me, you know, quiver that there's actually people out there that are still trying to refinance. <laughs> yeah, that goes through my mind. I mean, geez, we've had how many years now of abnormally low refis, one would think. A bunch of other tidbits out this morning. The one that I kind of brought to the table was a statement from the World Bank Conscious. Uh, they're now saying on the World Bank level that that terrible word, stagflation risks, make recession kind of hard to avoid. That's kind of a horn that we've been blowing warnings on for some time. we got that combination of inflation and supply chain issues, and uh, it uh, kind of leads in the direction of uh, recessionary influence if the employment market doesn't hold up. Well, that, that's true. You know, that, that, that does make some sense for them to, uh, to say that. But that goes along with the, uh, another report that I read, David, uh, from the Fed, and I guess I didn't. I mean, I probably assumed they had this, but never really saw anything that that actually said they did. But they have a GDP tracker that mm-hmm. is real time, so it gets updated on a frequent basis. Um, and that tracker shows that, that we could be on the brink of a recession, um, which none of us want to hear. And and the other thing that brought out in this article is that you know two quarters of negative GDP is we say by definition is a recession, but but nowhere is that really written in ink that that is a recession. You know, it can be that they went back to COVID, right, 2020, and actually we dipped into a recession at that point, but it was only a quarter's worth of a recession. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how that shakes out. Um, um, it'd be nice if they had that uh, little tracker up a little bit more often so we could get a little better feel for what's happening. Absolutely. And you bring up a valid point. We've got all these old traditional definitions. Two quarters makes a recession. 20% makes a bear market as far as uh, indexes are concerned. I've been kind of holding forth for some time that, yes, we had obviously that 20% dip at the beginning of the COVID, uh, uh, the, the COVID pandemic, but it was artificially induced and it was very short. And I've been kind of maintaining, really, that was nothing more than a very deep correction and nothing more. I know it met the definition of a bear market, but doggone it all. Sometimes you got to look at the definitions and say, wait a minute here, think outside the box a little bit. We've been on a pretty consistent bear market now for a long time, if you count that as being a deep correction. And same thing as far as recessions are concerned. You know, the, the, the definition is kind of arbitrary, and it doesn't sometimes fit the current times, does it? Yeah, that's true. Sometimes it doesn't. And, uh, and we go back to what we know, and that's what we use to go forward. And so, but it, it is what it is at this point, and it depends on how the economists keep spinning things. That uh, and that's really what the markets are going to listen to. Absolutely, that that's the thing, and the reason I'm cheering to see non, uh, you know, a not negative growth rate in the second uh, quarter in the second quarter when they start reading that, because that it it it's, as soon as somebody uses that dirty word recession in the mainstream press that pretty much is going to become biblical truth in too many people's minds. And that's when we start selling off on the markets, and that's when we start compressing our actions as consumers. 
And that's when we really do get into a recession after we read that we're in one. No, that's definitely true. That's, you're right. We react <laughs> to what we hear. Which, once again, goes back to an off-field statement that I've made, that the study of finance is actually more parallel to the study of abnormal psychology than it is a science, right? Yeah, that's true. That's, that's Absolutely. True. Hey, you got some other company tidbits out there. I was not happy to hear this because I'm not a Netflix user. Roku being bought by Netflix? I don't want my Roku box to require me to buy Netflix. Well, they're not there yet, Dave. But evidently, they are in some high-level talks um, to possibly uh, sell themselves to Netflix. So um, that's just uh, coming out from a business uh, insider report that uh, got published. And so that's uh, helping Roku this morning up 5%. Uh, Let's see if it's helping Netflix any at all. Uh, No, it's not helping Netflix. Netflix doesn't like it. They're down 1%. So, you know. (laughs) Their shareholders are saying, get your own poop in a group before you start buying stuff, I'd imagine, right? (laughs) That's right. That's right. The other other bit of information is Big Pharma. We got a couple of uh, updated and new vaccines on the horizon, which is going to be good for stock and good for anybody that wants to keep their boosters current, I'd imagine. Well, it is. Now, Moderna hasn't rolled this one out yet, but Moderna has continued to study and and R&D, you know, making the vaccine booster better and better. And so they've come out with a a booster, changing their booster to prompt a stronger immune response, even against um, the Omicron variant. So, So some good news there from Moderna. Not really helping their stock any this morning, uh, but the other one we have is Novavax, and Novavax has had a vaccine that's being used in Europe and some other countries, but it hasn't been approved here. Well, it's made it through a couple hurdles now, including the FDA advisory panel, which is a smaller group of the the FDA council, and uh, and so it's been endorsed by them, and it's going on to the full. Uh, committee of the FDA for their approval. And so if that happens, we will have another vaccine available here in the United States. And so they're trading up 8.3% right now this morning. Cool. There's quite a few of us that just you know, kind of timing our boosters before we end up doing some traveling and whatnot, knowing they're still available is good. It's kind of fallen off of the headline level news. But uh, I mean, the number of cases that they're detecting of this less virulent but more contagious strain, the number of cases are going up. And for anybody with health issues, that's still something to keep an eyebrow up for. Oh, it definitely is. I mean, I've got clients that have had to reschedule because of COVID and, and it's just, it is, it's, it's back, uh, at least in our community, becoming a, a, a high point again. We do have, uh, though, on another, another front, we do have a couple of earnings reports today. I know we're getting really to the end of earnings season, but every now and then we get something that pops up here, pops up there. And, and today we've got Campbell Soup uh, reported and mm-hmm. they, uh, they had a, a good quarter. Uh, made 70 cents a share, nine cents better than than estimated. Uh, they beat the forecast on sales as as well, and they raised their full year outlook uh, for soups, I guess you'd say. And so, good news there. They're up 2.2 uh, percent this morning, and and moving in the right direction. Ooh, the last given, the nat- one, given the national guidance, I would expect an economy food like soup to do fairly well, given the outlooks. Well, yeah, given given what food costs are going up, right? I mean, oh yeah, some some people that'll be their main meal, which is unfortunate. Um, 
the other one we have though is kind of on the other side, right? Campbell Soup is a staple that everybody needs. Well, Thor Industries is a you know you don't have to have it. It's recreational vehicles, but they had a good quarter as well. Uh, they came in at six dollars and thirty-two cents a share, well above the four dollars and seventy-seven they were expected to make. Uh, continuously strong demand. Uh, sign that they're seeing some signs of improved supply chain issues. So that's some first time I've really seen that come out in a report. And that's some some good news there for them. And they're trading up almost 2% this morning. Yeah, with somebody giving guidance that supply chains are getting better, that's just earth-shakingly good news across a half a dozen different industries, I'd imagine. Exactly. And hopefully it continues to half a dozen different industries. Uh, Yeah. Resetting the table for the morning. It was an up day yesterday on Wall Street. Some of those up numbers were downright impressive. 45 minutes before we opened, we kind of teased it that the numbers aren't looking quite as hopeful. How are we doing anyway? So, again, we're going to start today with red ink um, across the board. Uh, Not as bad as yesterday morning, but the Dow is down a half a percent. Uh, The S&P 500 is down almost a half a percent. The NASDAQ 100 is down a little more than four tenths of a percent. So everything is, I would say, solidly green. I mean, solidly red. It it could change, but... uh, but that's where we're going to start today. Uh, looking at the commodity side of the fence, we've got silver is down six tenths of a percent. It's, it's barely, just barely above $22 an ounce at $22.04. Uh, gold's tipped up just a little bit to a little over a tenth of a percent. Crude oil, Dave, I, you know, I, I can't remember the last time I saw it up here, but it's up almost 1.3%. Over 120 is up to 120.94, and it's just tapping his nose on 121, Dave. Well, they just warned us at the beginning of the week that it was going to be a price bump, and I really hate it when they're right. Overseas markets, kind of like yesterday. The uh, Asian rim markets followed our markets from yesterday, and the European markets are following our futures. Asian rim was generally up. A couple of really big ones, like Hong Kong, up by two and a quarter percent at the close early this morning. Europe is looking at our futures and saying, oh, no, not again. Uh, They're off fractionally halfway through their day. This is uh, just the climate as it is, just being able to take my eyes off my retirement portfolio and know what I've got. It's a really inviting thought, Philip. How do I get to that point? If you know, then give us a call at 863-382-0037 to schedule their core retirement design phone consultation. It's, it's free. It's no obligation, but it's an area where folks can find out if they're on the right track to the retirement they always dreamed of. And then catch the Statler Financial Radio Show this weekend, uh, 6 a.m. and noon on Saturday, 10 a.m. Sunday morning on Highlands News Talk 730 and 95.3 FM. And back here again tomorrow morning at the same time. Philip, you have a great day, all right? All right, man, you too. Thank you. It's 105.7 Light FM and Statler Financial Services. Philip Statler. Hey, folks, again, I want to thank you for joining us today. Hey, if you like what we're doing here, please like and share us on Facebook. Hey, refer us to your friends. We're here as a resource when it comes to your retirement planning. Again, give us a call at 863-382-0037 to schedule your core retirement design phone consultation. And with that, I'll talk to you again tomorrow. Bye now.